many of you came into the house of God expecting today? That's not very good. Come on, it's a new morning. It's a new year. It's not just another Sunday. It's not another moment that we're going to come waste our time. Today's a brand new day. And the presence of God is here today. The presence of God is in this place. And if there are two or three together today, come on, are there two or three today that agree together in one accord? You came to praise the name that's above every name. You came to let God have His way. Come on, I'm not here for church as usual this morning. I'm not here for normal service today. I'm here for a move of God. I want to touch from heaven upon this place. That's what I've prayed for all week long. That's why I've walked in this place declaring for this service, for this Sunday morning, for God to do something great and mighty in the house of God today. Praise God. Will you agree with me today that we're going to refuse to settle for anything less than what God wants to do? Whatever it's going to take from me. Look at your neighbor. Say, whatever it's going to take from you. Turn around to the person behind you. Say, whatever it's going to take from you. Let's have church today. Let's let God move today. Let's let Him have His way in this house. Amen. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Praise God. I feel good in the house today. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place today. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much, praise team, for your wonderful worship. Brother Clyde T., amen. Thank you to all of you that are here today. Come on, give yourself a hand, all of our guests that are with us. Amen. Thankful to be in the presence of God today. Amen. Thankful for this opportunity to bring the word of the Lord to you today. Amen. Pastor sends his love. They are going to be returning from their vacation tomorrow. But he said he wanted you to all know he loves and misses you. Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Very familiar passage of Scripture to many of you. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read verses 8 and 13. And then I'm going to read verses 13 through 16 in the Passion Translation. It starts off going through saying, By faith Abel. By faith Enoch. By faith Noah. And we get to verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. Verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them. And embraced them. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 13 in the Passion Translation. You can look above and see it. It says, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith. Not even receiving all that had been promised them. But they saw beyond the horizon. The fulfillment of their promises. 
and they gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belonged to another realm. For clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of that heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind. If they gave themselves an opportunity to wish about the good old days. And think about how good it used to be. And how grand my old life was before God found me. And changed my plans. And changed all of that. If if they had let themselves. They possibly would have gone back to that. They would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back. For their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is, the heavenly realm. I want to know today, is your heart fixed on a place that is beyond all the trouble, that's beyond all the chaos, that's beyond all the frustration, that's beyond all of this, and I'm willing to live my life accordingly, that I may see that day someday. Today, for a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on the subject. An amazing discovery. Start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. Father, we love you today. I thank you for what we feel in this place today. God, I'm praying for breakthrough today. I am praying for deliverance today. I am praying that somebody receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues today. I'm praying that today would be not just another Sunday, but today would be one of those life-changing moments. God, at the start of this year, God, our first Sunday in this place of 2021, I pray that you would pour out your spirit. I pray for anointing to fall. I pray for fire to fall. I pray that you would ignite every heart again to burn bright for your kingdom and to get our eyes and our hearts fixed on you and our hearts fixed on that city that we're going to see someday. And we give you glory and honor and praise today. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said amen, and it is so. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of seed. Praise God. You can be seated today. I come today with a burden on my heart. And I'm not here today to be cute and preach this cute little New Year's message that's going to get us going in, in March. I'm here today to set a fire today. I'm here today to get something stirring right here and right now. God's been too good for me to just cruise on into this year and just well, whatever happens, happens. I pray that there would be some people with a made up mind that says, you know, you know what? I want more than that today. I want more than that for my family. I want more than that for my friends and my loved ones. I pray that by the end of this service that God would have his way. And I'm asking every person in this room to lock in today. Take your mind and your life off that autopilot that we've been in. That cruise control where we've been just slipping on by. And I don't mean that ugly today. I mean that with a sincere passion in my heart. I want you to get what God has for you today. I want you to get it and I want you to put it in deep. And I want you to understand what God is trying to say today. 
And if you came to church today to sing a few songs and to hear a cute message, then you probably came to the wrong place. You ought to have come into this new year with your mind made up. There's people all over this world that have New Year's resolutions to start doing this and stop doing that. Our own mind ought to be made up when we come into the house of God today. I'm not interested in just writing a New Year's resolution, but a declaration in my spirit that I'm going to do more than I've ever done. Not just because it's New Year's and I'm supposed to do that, but because it's what I feel in my spirit. There's an urgency to this hour that I am in, and I've got to make sure that I'm plugged in and aware of what is going on. I know you've been walking in a fog I know you feel like you've been navigating through this life that seems to be a maze. I've prayed for every person who has tried this last year to make decisions for your family and make decisions for your loved one. Some of you made really hard decisions. You stayed home when you, you wanted to be out. You've, you've made decisions that didn't, didn't agree well with everybody. I've prayed for each and every one of you parents as you've tried to guide your children in this dark hour where they've seen so much hatred. They've seen things that no children should ever have to see. They've heard things come through their ears that they should have never had to hear. And I pray for you every day as you're guiding them along that God would give you wisdom and God would give you words when they ask those hard questions because not only are they coming, those questions have already come and you need godly wisdom to answer them. You need the hand of God on your life as you guide your family and I've prayed for you. I've fasted for you and I've asked God to do a work in your life. I've prayed for every one of our young people and every one of our children that have to go outside of their doors and see things and hear things and be a part of stuff that just breaks my heart that they are facing these things today. But I have prayed for them and I have covered them in prayer asking God protect them. God don't let them be naive God but let them be blinded by sin's attacks let them be blinded by the enemy God we can't keep our eyes on this stuff when our eyes need to be fixed somewhere else we can't get caught up in all the other distractions when our eyes need to be set somewhere else so God whatever you've got to do in me whatever you've got to do for my babies whatever you've got to do for these young people God don't let me get my eyes off of that place. Don't let me get my eyes off of you. I know there's a lot of things moving and a lot of things shaking and happening, but I can't afford in this hour for me to get my eyes off of that place. You're saying, preach, you ought to just be thankful that I showed up today. And all that I've gone through and all that I've faced and all the heartache and all the trouble, you ought to just be thankful I'm here today. Oh, you hear me? I am so thankful that you're here today. I'm so thankful that you have been faithful in one of the hardest times of your life. I'm so thankful that you've shown up every service and you've continued to pour your heart out and you've continued even at times where you didn't feel like it, you pushed yourself to come into the house of God. But there's going to have to come a moment where it's not enough that I just show up. There's going to have to be a Sunday service where it's something more than just preach I'm here, but it's oh God, here I am. Oh God. I'm back. Oh, I feel like myself again. I feel, Lord, like I can get out and shout again and run again and rejoice again. I know I haven't in some time, but God, I just can't sit here and die. 
there's a finish line that I have to get to. And if I just sit down in the middle of this maze, I am in one thing for certain. And that is a big mess. And I will never make it to the finish line. It doesn't matter how good you start off in a maze. It doesn't matter that you've made your way through it all this way. But if you have found yourself today in a place where you have reached a dead end. You can't just lift your hands today and say, well, I've, I've made it this far. It was sure good living for the Lord. But there ought to be something inside of you that says, no, I, I can't just stop here. I've come too far now to stop here. God's been too good for me to just give in now. All these gray hairs on my head are not for nothing. But God, I am here today because you have brought me a mighty long way. You have kept me, you've kept my family all of these years and given me this opportunity. And I cannot just stay here in the middle of this maze and be done. It saddens me to see that in an hour where we should be more sold out than ever... Where we should be praying more than we've ever prayed. We should be fasting more than we've ever fasted and seeking the face of God. Like some of our elders have done and those great men of God that have gone on before us. But somewhere along the way we got lost in this maze. And we got confused and we couldn't find our way. And so the only thing in our mind to do is just sell out and give in and throw in the towel and quit. I've seen so many preachers who have lived this for so long and preached this with fervency and with passion, reach a point where they just give it all up for one moment of sin. They give it all up for one selfish moment. Unaware of the hour in which we live. I've seen some who have lived for God their entire lives giving in now, throwing in the towel now. Some are careless. They come in. They don't care one way or the other. If God moves, great. If He doesn't, well, you know what? We'll come back next Sunday. If we, if we have revival, that's great. But if we don't ever have revival, you know what? Just we'll keep on going. Where's the passion? Where's the love? Where's the burden that we once had? Where's that, where's that fervency that we knelt down to pray with years ago and we would call out to God and something would take over in our spirit and we would be in a completely different place than right here. Our spirit would be somewhere else in another realm as we cried out and prayed to God. There are people who avoid the altar until tragedy strikes. Then there are some that that just come when everything's great and, and they're conditional based on where their life is at right now to determine what they want to view of God in that situation. Some of us in this place, we're so lost. We know we're lost. We know we have no idea where we are. Mentally, we're lost. We try to think. We try to put two and two together. And we're, our mind is in a fog. And, and we can't think. We can't remember things like we used to. We, and it's not just old age. It's just that we are lost mentally. There's so many things moving, catching our attention. And so much stuff being crammed into our minds that our minds are wiped out. And we are lost. Some of us are lost physically. You say, well, I, I'm, I'm here in church today and, and I, I don't know where I stand with God. I don't know where I stand with those that are sitting beside me. I don't know. I, I know that I'm here, but I'm truly lost. I don't know if I'm coming or if I'm going. And some of us are lost spiritually. You're saying, oh, God, I've prayed and I, I don't know where you are. 
God, I, I, I've knelt down to pray, but it's not just it's not just a prayer. It's not like it used to be, God. And I, I don't know where I am because I've been going through this life and I, I took a wrong turn somewhere and now I'm at a dead end. And God, I don't know how to get out. We're lost. And some of us are truly lost today. That if God were to come back, we would not be in that number. We have found ourselves so lost and so caught up in where we are. And we have forgotten there's a place we're trying to get to. And we've been so consumed with this place and this maze and trying to navigate through it. That we have found ourselves completely lost. I can honestly say there is nothing more tragic I can think of. Not drowning, not not dying, not any other kind of torment that I could think of that would be worse than knowing I am lost. That can be worse than knowing that my soul was damned to hell. I can't think of anything worse in my mind than to know that I would not make it. Being lost is scary. Being lost causes you to do things you never thought you'd do. When you're lost, you say things you never thought you'd say. When you feel lost, you have a tendency to want to give up and to give in. Because I've done it before. Not only spiritually, but physically. I've been in the woods before where I was walking and thought I knew where I was going. But then there was an obstacle here, so I had to take a step left. And then another, and I took a step left. And before I know it, I had turned around and did not know where I was because this tree looked like that tree. And that shrub looked like that shrub. And I had found myself lost. And I was afraid to keep walking because I was scared I was going to keep walking in the wrong direction. And I was scared to turn around and try to find my way back because if I turned around to go back, I might go the wrong way again and still be somewhere in the woods. And so somehow when we get to that place, we put this thing in our mind that says, well, just just stop where you are. Just stay right where you are. But the problem with that is if I stay right where I am, I'm not getting anywhere. If I just say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going. God, I'm lost. I, I don't know any direction, so I, I'm done. I, I'm, not, I'm not leaving church. I, I'm not going away from you. I'm not trying to go live this sinful life. But God, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop right here. And God is saying, no, I need you to keep moving. I need you to keep walking. Because one way or another, you can get out of this thing. You can make it in all of this. You can trust in me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into thine own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. But for those of you who are here today and you've been going through life confused and dazed and troubled. Let me tell you about this amazing discovery. They had come to realize there is something greater than what I have. There is somewhere greater than where I've been. And there is someone greater than who I've known. Though I have walked this trail and I've had tribulations and heartaches and troubles. I've been persecuted. I've been in this maze for a very long time. And I can testify that it is a maze of madness. Disaster after disaster. And though I've stumbled and I have fallen flat on my face time and time again. I've been tested and tried. But I was able to keep walking. I was able to keep going day by day. I was able to leave everything that I've known 
known and been comfortable with and walk daily with God. How did you do it? How could you possibly do that? I don't know if you've ever done a maze before. I imagine everybody in here has done one on a piece of paper. But if you've ever been to a maze before, like what you see up here at a cornfield or shrubs or whatever, you will find yourself coming up with this idea that I'm going to choose this path. There's many paths, but there's, uh, an in, there's an exit somewhere that you can finish this thing and get out of there. And you may choose which way you think is right, and you say, well, this looks pretty good. I'm going to go this way. And somewhere along the way you come, but there's a dead end. And you can't go this way. So what do you do? You turn around and you go back to where you was going. And then you get over here. And now there's three places that you can walk. And you have to choose this one. And you can get so frustrated going in circles, passing the same people that you passed 20 minutes ago, seeing the same tree you saw 20 minutes ago. And you're thinking, where in the world am I? Well, that's the point of the maze. Is to get you lost and to get you confused and to get you to a place where you don't know where you're going. And there's many times that you'll go in this thing and you'll go through the whole maze and get to a place that you think is the exit. And you walk out and turn around and you're back at the entrance again. It's frustrating. It's overwhelming. But if you will notice up here, that T up there and that straight line up there. There's a place where there's some steps that will take you up to a landing Somewhere in the maze, somewhere in the chaos and confusion, there is a place that you can get where you can climb up somewhere and you can get your bearings back and say, okay, I, I see where I went wrong now. I see where I messed up. That's where I, okay, there's the finish line. That's where I'm trying to get. That's where I've been trying to go. All it takes is me getting up a little higher. All it takes is me getting up from where I've been, climbing up and saying, hold on, hold on a minute. Before we go any further, that's where I've got to get. There's an obstacle there. There's an obstacle there. So I need to go this way. I need to figure this out right here and right now before I get there. Because if I don't, I'm going to be stuck again. But you know what? You make your way through the journey. And you run into dead end again, and dead end again, and dead end again. But God gives you another place. He says, come on, I want you to climb up. Come on, I want you to get up there again. See where you're at. See where you went wrong. See where you messed up. And say, okay, I can't go down that path anymore. I can't go that way anymore. God has brought me to this place and He has shown me where I went wrong. And He said, come on, Bubba, that's where we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to the finish line. We're trying to get to the end. Keep your focus. Keep your attention on where you're going. Don't lose hope now. Don't lose your faith now. I know there have been crazy moments. I know you made a wrong turn. But we can get you through this and to the finish line. You say, well, Brother Landon, that's so much easier said than done. It's easy to talk about it. But it's harder to do it. It's easier said than done. It may be easier said than done. But you hear me, we have got to get it done. 
whatever it takes, whatever I've got to do, whatever I've got to do in my life to change me, we've got to get it done. When your children start talking about how hard it is living for God, sit down with them and say, I know you're in a rough situation right now. I know you don't understand all of this, but we've got to get it done. We've got to make it. We've got to get there above all else. All this other stuff is temporal. All this other stuff is going to burn. All this other stuff is going to go away. But this is eternal. This is forever. This means more than anything else in the world. So I know it may be easier said than done, but we've got to get it done. We've got to get it done until we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You kept at it. You kept walking. You kept navigating through this life. Well done. I don't have time to be lazy. I can't just sit and wait for the music to move me and Brother Clytie to just play the perfect song before I finally find to show up to join in with the program. I can't wait till Pastor preaches the best message he's ever preached in his entire life before I finally decide to get my act together. Come on. I can't wait till everything's just perfect and ooh, the environment's just right before I finally decide I want to get back to where I used to be. I want to get back to shouting like I used to shout. I want to get back to running the aisles like I used to run. Come on, we're still an apostolic church. It's still okay to rejoice. It's still okay to clap your hands. It's still okay to leap for joy. I can't just sit and wait for this perfect opportunity. I, I don't have time to come with no interest and no passion and no desire. I'm tired of seeing people with no passion. I'm tired of seeing people come to the house of God. I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about anywhere. They just come in and they don't care. I don't have time for that. We're to be apostolic. We're to be apostolic, not apathetic. Not come in and say, oh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Oh, that's just great and great. No, I'm here for a move of God. My family depends on it. My soul depends on it. I've got to get somewhere and I can't stop in the middle of my maze and say, no, I'll wait till next time. No, I've got to get right today. I've got to get ready today. At the very start, I've got to get my focus back on what really matters. We ought to be glad. We ought to be joyful. We ought to be the loudest bunch that this city has ever heard. We ought to be excited about living for God. We used to be. We used to come into the house of God and shout like there was no tomorrow. There were people that used to go to the emergency room because they were shouting and lost control and fell and hit a pew and slammed into the door. Are you saying, well, you, do I have to be that? You don't have to be that crazy. Just be crazy. Just be excited about living for God again. Get to the place where you lose control again. Where you say, I want good apostolic church. I want to feel it again. I want to be excited about it again. I want to be excited about living for God again. Put it in me, God. Amen. 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 I'm excited about living for God. See, the problem is, some of us have forgotten where it is we're going. You see, Abraham, he didn't know where he was going. 
Bible says he didn't know whether he was going. He didn't know which way he was going. But he knew where he was trying to get. He didn't know each step he was going to take where that might lead. But he knew where the ultimate destination was. And that was enough for him to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And trusting God. Well did he not have obstacles? Of course he had obstacles. Did he not have dead ends? Of course he had dead ends. But he kept walking because he said I'm not looking here. I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I'm trying to get. See, some of us, we've been navigating and we've reached a dead end and we think that that's it. That's all God had for me. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm done. And God said, oh, no, turn around. You go, go around the other way. Go, go climb up higher and find where you were a minute ago. Go back there and see where you went wrong and fix it. And climb up higher and get yourself right again. And go down the right path and get it, get it right this time. Abraham had enough... For him to get out of his comfort zone. And to leave all the comfort behind. And say you know what. I'm willing to go even if I have to die. Never having received it. Because it's worth it. I've seen enough. I've felt enough. I know enough to know. That every trial I might face is worth it. That every tribulation I may face is worth it. Every bit of persecution I may have to face is worth it. Because it's not just about here. It's not just about what I've gone through. It's not just about 2020 and all the heartache I suffered. But it's about where I'm going. And it has nothing to do with where I'm at right now. It is more real than this place could ever be. Matthew 24 Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name. They shall deceive many. There will be wars and rumors of war. Nation rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in divers places. They deliver you up to be afflicted and to kill you. They shall be many that offend you. They shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Well, that just sounds horrible. That sounds like the maze we're in. That sounds like all the trouble that we're facing. But he that shall endure unto the end. He that keeps walking through it all. He that keeps his eyes fixed on all of this stuff and on that place. He that keeps on going shall be saved. The message said stay with it. That's what God requires. Stay with it to the end. And you won't be sorry and you'll be saved. What a promise to know that if I will just stay with it, not only am I not going to be sorry that I did, but I'll also be saved. Philippians chapter 3 in the message says, I'm not saying that I have all this together and that I have it made, but I am well on my way. Reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I am off and running and I am not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, then I'm praying that God will clear your blurred vision and you'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, 
friends and keep track of those that you see running this same course headed for this same goal I want you to keep your eyes on the ones that are at the altar I want you to keep your eyes on the ones that are praying well you said well some of them went that way that's not the ones we're worried about well some of them went this way brother that's not the ones I'm worried about I'm looking for the ones that I know where they're going I know where their heart is I know where their mind is I'm looking for an elder that's been through some things and says where you going elder I'm following you where you going pastor I'm following you where you going I'm following you because I know your mind's made up I know that you're in it for the long haul I know that you're going to make it and if that's where you're going I want to link arms with you and let's run this thing together until we see it you can't worry about where the others are going Sometimes the road you're supposed to be taking may not be the one most traveled. It may not be the one your family chose. It may not be the one you had in mind, but make sure you stay on the right path. Climb up every once in a while and get a vantage point. Make sure you're still going the right way. He said there are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. And sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross. But easy street is a dead end street. There is a way, the Bible says, that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is destruction. The Passion says you can rationalize it all you want. You can justify the path of error you have chosen. But you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. Proverbs 16 says, Before every person there is a path that seems like the right one to take, but it leads straight to hell. The message said, There's a way that looks harmless enough. Look again, for it leads straight to hell. Hebrews chapter 12 in the message says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how He did it. Because he, is it up there? Let's get it. Hebrews chapter 12. It says, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He never got bogged down. He never got confused. He never lost focus. He said, I am keeping my eyes fixed on where I am headed. I'm making sure that I am going here. And whatever I've got to do to get there, I'm going to get there. It says he could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. How did he do it? Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He never got his eyes off of where he was going. He never lost that focus of the place he was trying to get to. Second Peter said, my dear friends, this is now the second time I've written to you. Both letters reminds to hold your minds in a state of undistracted Attention. Keep in mind what the Holy Prophet said and the command of our Master and Savior that was passed on by your apostles. Since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day, but we'll hardly notice. How in the world 
Can you hardly notice when galaxies are burning and the world is falling apart? And can, I can't even go through a year without noticing all the trouble and all the chaos and all the frustration that's going on around me. It is like they walked around with their eyes closed and their fingers with their ears. And I don't care what you tell me. I'm not la 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 la. You say, how can you live that way? That's naive. That's foolish. How can I live in such a way where the world can be falling apart and galaxies burning? And you say, we'll hardly notice. You want to know how? He said, how could we possibly do all of this knowing what's all happening? He said, we'll be looking the other way. Ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth and the landscape with righteousness. How can I avoid not seeing all of this stuff? Because your eyes are turned the other way. You've already repented and walked away from that lifestyle. You're walking toward a heavenly. And you said, I've shifted my focus on all of this for that. I've changed all of my feelings about this place. And I've invested everything in that place for where your treasure is there will your heart be also I've put it all in there I've invested it all in that place and I can get through anything I can make it through when the whole world is falling apart explosions disasters chaos because my eyes are turned toward a heavenly place first John says stay with what you heard from the beginning Stay with what you started with. You started this with that in mind. You need to finish with that in mind. You started this life for God compassionate and passionate. You started with a burden. You started with fervency. I challenge you today, finish with that same fervency. Finish with that same passion. Don't let life rob you. Don't let the maze that you're in get you down. Keep moving forward. There's a couple of Sundays. A couple of years ago, maybe last year sometime, I went in one of our services and I'd gone back and I sat with Sarah and the boys and Remington had his coloring book out and I look and he's sitting there coloring and then he turns the page and on that page there was a maze. And I looked down and I saw that maze that he was looking at and it was one of these where there were many paths, but there was only one exit. You got that? There are many ways that you could potentially take, but not all of them get there where you're supposed to go. And I sat and watched as he looked at that. And he looked up at me and he looked back down and he got his pen. I'm not going to tell you what he did just yet. But I know if it were me, what I would do is I would choose a path to start from that I think would be a good one to start with. That looked like the right way to go. And I would, I would take my pen and I would work myself through that situation. In my life, there's been times where I chose the path that I thought were best for me or best for my family. And, and, and perhaps I went down a road and ended up at a dead end. Have you ever been there before? You choose the path that you think is going to be this great path and the one with the best options and the one with the best money. And, and, and I see people get to that place and, and they could endure this place. But they're, they're going through and they're doing all of these things trying to get to where they're going. They're trying to navigate this life, getting through this maze, choosing path after path. Well, that one didn't work, so I'll go to the next one. And that didn't didn't work, so I'll go to the next one. And they finally get to the point where they're so done and miserable, they don't even want to try anymore. 
And that's where some of us are at today. We've reached so many dead ends in our life. We've had so many disappointments and so many heartaches. And you're saying, God, it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't have this many tears attached to it. God, and I'm hurting and I am lost today. And so we keep choosing path to path to path. Disappointed each and every time. I would keep trying and potentially succeed or potentially fail because, well, it's, it's a maze. It was not supposed to be this straight line that's just this easy, no obstacles, no opposition, no heartache, no pain. No, it's, it's life. You've got to navigate through some stuff. You've got to go this way sometimes and then go this way sometimes. And you've got to work yourself around some situations and get through some things. You've got to navigate life. It's not just this straight and easy path. It's just, well, that was simple. That was easy. And sometimes I think that we have the idea that life is supposed to be that way. But each, each line that I would take, you know, it wasn't easy with no problems and no setbacks in life. And if that's how it is for you, I'm, I'm so thankful and I want to get your autograph after church. You say, I've never had any setbacks, never any heartaches, never cried a tear, never had a boo-boo, scrape, nothing like that. That's wonderful. But I've gone places in my life where I had hurts. I've gone places in my life where I've been disappointed. I found myself in places last year where I cried and cried and cried out to God and felt like He was nowhere to be found. And you feel overwhelmed and you feel defeated and you feel like you have failed and you feel like something you did was horribly wrong and you just want to just stop and almost just give in said all that to say this. I looked over at this little boy with his crayon or pen that he had. Getting ready to start his maze. And he put his pen at the finish line. Where there was one way out. And he followed that finish line. All the way back to that starting point. And he looked up at me and he said. It's easier when you start at the end. Yeah, I laughed just like you laughed and I said yeah well yeah that is a lot easier and I thought boy if only it were that easy in life and God spoke and he said it is that easy in life when you start with the end when you start with the end in mind and you say I don't know what else I might have to go through I don't know what else I might have to suffer from here to there. But I've already been there. I've already seen a glimpse of there. I've already felt a touch of that place. And if I have to work through some things, so be it. But I'm going to start with the end in mind. God gave me an amazing discovery that night and spoke to my heart. If you could start from that point, if you could start from there, if you could start from heaven and say whatever else I may have to go through, that's fine, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to make it. I'm going to press on and I'm going to see heaven someday. Let's all stand all over this house this morning. I felt God speak to me and said, if you could only get your mindset on the end, it would be so much easier. If my people could see that place, they could endure this place. If you could just get your eyes back on that place, then you can endure the place that you're in right now. If they would get their heart fixed on that city, 
perhaps they could win their city. That amazing revelation that Abraham and some of these other heroes had. Is that it is a lot easier when you start at the end. If you start with that place in mind. Come to speak to some today where you feel like you've been walking through a maze. Wandering, questioning and doubting. You've struggled this past year more than you ever have in your entire life. You never thought you'd be in the place that you are. You never thought you'd be that close to backsliding. You never thought you'd be so far away from God. But yet here you are today. More than anything else, it was not that you were a bad person. It was not that you failed God. But somewhere you went the wrong way because you got distracted. There were so many things going on and so many people. And so many people went that way. You were just caught up and you just happened to go that way. You got caught up in it. No wonder Peter said earlier, hold your minds in a state of undistracted attention. Don't ever lose focus of that place. Don't ever let your eyes fade away from that place. Peter said, friends, when life really gets really difficult, don't jump to a conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Sometimes the trouble we are in is not tragedy, but it's training so that someday we can be triumphant. Just around the corner, just on the other side of this wall, could be the very breakthrough that you've been looking for. Could be the very moment that you've been waiting for. Our text said, they all died in faith, having not received the promise, but having seen them afar off. And they were persuaded of them. And embrace them. They were willing to walk. Not knowing where they were going. Because they knew where they were trying to get. And hear me. Some of you have been to so many dead ends this last year. You feel like your marriage is at a dead end. You feel like you're at a dead end with your children. Your job. Your finances. And you've gone through it all year long. And you're saying God I'm tired. God I'm worn out. God I feel defeated. God I don't know how I'm going to make it. But I'm here to tell you today that just around the corner of where you are is that breakthrough that you've been searching for. That dead end that you're at right now, if you would turn around and go back to the last place you were at and turn your life back to an altar and turn your eyes back towards heaven, that just on the other side of that brokenness is breakthrough. Just on the other side of your dilemma is something greater. Just on the other side of the chaos is God's blessings that He's been waiting to pour out on you. If you could just make it and you say, how do I do it? You start with the end in mind. You start off this new year saying, God, I'm starting with the end in mind. And I'm not talking about December 31st, 2021. I'm talking about heaven. I'm talking about a place that I've lived my whole life to get to. And I can't give up now. I can't give in now. I've come too far 
to be complacent. I've come too far to just sit down in the maze that I'm in. I've got to keep on going. I might have to start over. I might have to go back to the beginning. But God, I've got to finish this race. I've got to get out of this place that I'm in. I've got to get out of this rut. I've got to get out of my depression. And I've got to have passion again. I've got to get desperate again. I've got to get hungry again. I open this place up. Every altar, every pew. Come on, start off this new year the right way. Start off this new year with heaven in mind. Start at that place. Oh, yo, talaba, yo, si, katalaba.